welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Barrier. Feels like feels like a while since we've actually recorded a normal podcast because we've been busy over the last couple of weeks um, playing around with a new format of, of things that we've been doing on Twitter Live. You may have already come along to one of those. If not, um, do keep an eye on our Twitter account for details of those. But we did do a deal, Dom, on um, Tuesday uh, Tuesday evening before the Sunderland match. We did a, uh, a Match Day Live Twitter space. And we talked for a couple of minutes um, about, well, not just um, the, the the last game at uh, Cheltenham, but the last two or three games which have been disappointing draws before Tuesday night. And we did a deal because we talked about them then, we weren't going to talk about them on the podcast. So instead, we're going to skip straight to Tuesday night and Sunderland. And fair to say, best performance of the season. Well... I I would say that James, but actually, you know, Darren Moore sort of referenced and pointed to Wigan away, um, which was a good performance and win. You know, to get, and you look at where Wigan are; they're top of the table at the minute. So, certainly, you'd say Wigan away, and then yeah, Sunderland at home. It's got to be, hasn't it? You know, three goals, three points, and a clean sheet. A novelty of a clean sheet. So, yeah, there were a lot of good performances. You know, I thought Shay Dunkley was immense at the back maybe his best performance um in a Wednesday shirt and you've then got you know Barry Bannon I think did a pretty solid job in midfield too before he was, he went off with an injury uh, and then up front you, you had you know, Florian Camberry who came into the side got his goal and you know I thought he led the line and was terrific um, and that again his best display since coming to Wednesday uh, but of course, you can't really get past the star man, which was uh, Theo Corbin, who with a goal and assist on his first league start. Yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously, I think he grabs the headlines, doesn't he? Because Wednesday fans have been calling for him to get a to get a a, a go, at, certainly a start, um, a run in the team for a while. We've talked about um, it before, and Darren Moore, for whatever reason, has has held him back and. Uh, when he does get his chance, he absolutely grasps it with both hands. It was a great performance, wasn't it, from um, Theo? And and to be honest, everything that maybe we hoped he might offer. It was. And yeah, Darren Moore sort of explained and referenced the, re- the, the reason that, uh, you know, Corbyn, who hasn't played so much, is that, you know, he had, um, he was ill when, you know, when when he came back from international duty with Canada, you know, he lost a lot of weight. Um, and, you know, I think he'd had tonsillitis. So that set him back. Uh, and then, you know, Wednesday had to build him back up again. And Moore's talked a lot about that transition from going from under 23s, under 21s football to then men's football. And so the physicality of it, uh, I think that Corbinu, uh, it was maybe a bit of a culture shock check you know, when you're training day in, day out with big physical boys like Dunkley and Patterson and you know a few others in Wednesday squad. So I think there was a period of ad- adjustment. I, of course, you know I I would have liked, and I think many Wednesday fans would have liked to have seen Corbinu given a league start, you know, before a third of the way through the season. I th- and I think on the cameos and the way that he's played when he's come off the bench a few times. I think he justified playing a lot earlier than he has done. But Darren Moore's held him back. And we saw on Tuesday, 
what an asset that he could be for the next 30 odd matches, you know, in Wednesday's quest to finish in the top six. You know, he's so exciting to watch, isn't he? You know, he's he's unpredictable and the end product is not always going to be there with Theo Corbinu, but I love the way he drives at defenders. He's fearless. It's the fearlessness of youth. That's what he's got on his side. And you can see exactly why he's so highly rated by Wolves. Yeah, and, and it was. I think the thing about Tuesday was that it was exciting, wasn't it? It looked like Wednesday could score uh, pretty much every time they they, they came forward, and um, there were there were plenty of other chances quite early on. Um, Camberry taking that shot from distance, which obviously went well wide, but there was something about the performance that seemed to have. A bit of a killer instinct, but also there was just this kind of, it was a, just a positivity, I guess, about the whole thing, which we've just not seen. And um, we, we joked about this in our in our Twitter space about, is this going to be uh, the, the kind of thing where Wednesday raise their game when they're playing against one of the kind of better teams in the division, uh, having struggled against some of the teams that you'd probably say you'd expect Wednesday to 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 beat, and we 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 saw that same thing again, didn't we? With with Wednesday kind of like r- rising to the challenge. I, I don't feel there's a whole lot of point dwelling too much on the past. Now we've ended that that bad run of sluggish uh, performances and poor results. The important thing is driving on from this point forward, and and Sunderland now has to be the blueprint, doesn't it? It does. It's the benchmark. Yeah, it's got to be that. That's the template of the way that we want to see Wednesday play. Um, and it was front foot. It was. It was the intensity, the pressing from the front. You know, I think that the front two in Gregory and Canberry, they they worked their socks off out of possession. I think that was where for me the big improvement was for Wednesday, um, and that's the best I think I've seen them uh, press. Uh, you know the opposition when they've had the ball in their half, and y- y- I think you know Darren Moore has sort of spoken about how he wants them to play the style of play a lot of times, and he wants them to be full throttle and to then be sort of expansive, but and play out from the back, but play out from the back with a purpose, and and you know show that tempo and an urgency that you need. And I think we've, we're starting to see that. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Talking about, um, I mean, talking about the defence generally is interesting because on paper it was about as makeshift a defence as we've probably, I mean, maybe ever seen at, at Sheffield Wednesday, certainly for a long time. You know, you would, at the start of the season, you would have struggled to figure out what the back four was from from that lineup. Um, and, you know, we know that that's circumstances more than anything else. Um, but there also did seem to be uh, uh, that, that bit more directness in terms of the, as you say, the playing out from the back was less intricate and a little bit more kind of keep it simple and almost almost playing to the strengths of a defence that, that didn't have a huge amount of defensive experience. Yeah, definitely. And Canberra was a focal point up there and he was aggressive and I think he actually bullied uh, the Sunderland defence a lot of the night. And we have noticed, I think, a sort of change in tactics from Wednesday and I think we you can see it in the stats really that they're not afraid to go long and they are quite happy to play direct and mix up the game and I like that and I think that's where Canberra gives them that option but as a partnership 
I thought him and Gregory, they worked really well together. You know, the, the first goal was a great move. Good good play from Canberra and Gregory and a wonderful composed finish from Corbinu. Um And then we saw it for the third goal was similar and that Canberra's then knocked it to, out wide to Patterson, who's absolutely shanked his shot and it's gone straight into the path of Gregory, he's put it in. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a great night for Wednesday. It really was. It was exactly what they needed, James, as well. You know, it would have been a really uncomfortable 10 days or so until Wednesday next play in the league against Gillingham. You, you, we've got the two cup matches coming up, but we know where Wednesday's priorities are this season. And if they'd not won on Tuesday, then we would have been having, I think, a very different conversation here right now. I'm going to have to take issue with something that you said in in there. Callum Patterson, that was an inch-perfect cross. That was entirely deliberate. Of course it was. Well, confession here, I actually at the time did think when I saw it live, I thought they did mean it. And I even turned (laughs) to the star boys, Joe Cran and Alex Miller, and went, yeah, oh, brilliant play from Patterson. It was only when I actually saw the replay and realised, yeah, yeah, he actually got that completely wrong. Uh, But it worked out perfectly in the end. I want to give a mention here to a couple of players who've uh, who've been getting a bit of stick, and um, I, I feel uh, have have gone a long way to redeeming themselves. And they are Che Dunkley, who um, I think was was getting quite a bit of pelters earlier in the season for for some of his performances. And I feel that this slightly more direct, slightly more Route One um, defensive tactic suits him a little bit better. Um, and also Marvin Johnson, who um, was almost getting stick for stuff that wasn't his fault because you know. He was he's he's been playing here, there, and everywhere. Uh, but that was a really solid performance on Tuesday. It was, and yeah, Shay Dunkley. I actually think is at League One level. I think he's exactly the sort of defender that you need. I really do think that he is a leader back there. And we talk about there being a lack of leadership in the Wednesday team, but I really do think that he is a big presence in the dressing room and on the pitch is Shea Dunkley, you know, and I had the benefit of watching Wednesday without crowds and Shea Dunkley, you know, was always one of the really vocal, loud talkers. And I I think that, yeah, certainly in the last couple of matches, you know, I think that he is coming into, uh, you know, a good bit of form. And maybe I think he's thrived on the fact that Wednesday... They're so depleted defensively that the onus has been on Shea Dunkley to really lead by example and show his experience. And I think that's exactly what he's done. And as for Marvin Johnson, yeah, I agree with you, actually, that you know, I think a lot of this season he seems to have been a bit of a scapegoat with the Wednesday fans for when the team have underperformed. And yes, he's made defensive mistakes, but so have quite a few of the other guys defensively this season you know and then we're waxing lyrical and praising Shea Dunkley but Shea Dunkley was partially at fault for the equaliser at Cheltenham he didn't get the first contact you know from the corner and you know he's lost his man and then it got headed on and then it was put in the back of the net and Marvin Johnson has made made mistakes that have led to goals but so's Bailey Peacock Farrell and you could go through the team I'm sure there's been the old error here and there from Liam Palmer Jack Hunt so Marvin Johnson has kept on going and has p- had to play multiple positions. And actually, I think at centre-back uh, in the last three matches, you know, I think he's acquitted himself pretty well. Um, you know, I've, he got booked the other night. But yeah, no, I think yeah, Marvin Johnson, as uh, at a difficult point in the season for Wednesday, I think he's done his job as you know, to the best of his ability. 
Yeah, t- totally agree with uh, with with that. And of course, you know, attention now turns a little bit to to the players coming back. Um, it has been a little bit of a patched up team, hasn't it, for uh, for a few weeks? So, um, what is the latest on injuries? Because this this again a normal theme of Wednesdays. We get into winter, which is you start to lose track of of who's injured and who's coming back and who's due back anytime soon. And I think Josh Windass still plays for us. I'm not sure. Uh, he does, and he's progressing there from his hamstring surgery. I think we might see Josh Windass return possibly end of the month, uh, maybe early December. But we always knew that he was going to be out for quite a you know a long period of time. The big boost for Wednesday is that you know I saw Massimo Luongo and George Byers uh, in action for the under twenty threes on Monday night against Sheffield United, and I thought Luongo, particularly out of the two of them, um, played well, and so that was encouraging. I think there's a good chance that they could be involved uh, in the Harrogate um, tie next week, so that will give. Darren Moore, some much-needed midfield options. Uh, you know, Barry Bannon's ankle injury that he picked up in the second half the other night, I don't think it's too bad. So, um, you know, the question is, of course, how strong will Wednesday go at Plymouth on Sunday? And that's what, you know, I'm sure we might go on to in a minute when we chat about that. Uh, so Bannon may not actually play anyway. He might be rested. Um, who knows? As Wednesday, they've got more important games really uh, on the horizon haven't they and then Dominic Iolfo is, is the one that I think is probably the biggest concern at the moment that you know, Darren Moore said after Sunderland that he's gone for a scan so they're big, you know getting the results from the scan you would have thought it'd be today you know today as we record on Thursday or um, Friday so we'll find out how bad that is and then Sam Hutchinson who knows who knows at the moment you know we've been trying to pin down when Sam Hutchinson will exactly be fit what what the uh, muscle injury is that he's got um but at the moment no we're still none the wiser on when Sam Hutchinson's going to come back into the fold and I mean, we've got this little bit of a break now from from league action. We'll we'll talk about the games coming up, but obviously we've got a, a couple of um, of other competition games coming up. So um, possibly a chance to reshuffle things anyway. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Let's just talk about um, one rumor that's been knocking around this week, uh, which regards uh, Nathaniel Mandes Lang, who is someone that Wednesday were linked with in the summer. It went a bit quiet, uh, but talk that 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 link is there again. And am I is, is he actually? He been training with Wednesday. He has. He's been training with them. I think for the last week or so. And Wednesday are taking a look at him. And it's not the first time that Darren Moore, when the transfer window has been closed, he's actually brought in a free agent um, to you know, have a look at them in training. He did the same, didn't he, with Ravel Morrison not long after taking over. And there's probably somebody else that I've forgotten. Um, that Wednesday've also had a look at. It might not lead to anything with Ben Deslang. To be honest with you, my reaction when I you know heard about it was that that's not the position Wednesday need to be strengthening right now or bringing another body in. Uh, there's no harm in having a look, and he has got good pedigree with Mendes Lang. Uh, but yeah, personally, I think there are other areas of the squad that if you offered a deal to Mendes Lang, does that does that compromise maybe what Wednesday could do in January? Um, or in the next couple of months in other positions that I think they need to maybe 
freshen things up and bring new faces in. So who knows? But uh, yeah, you know, that's one to certainly keep an eye on with Mendes Lang. We, we talk about um, January uh, as if it's quite a distance away. And really, you know, we're under two months now, aren't we, away from that that January transfer uh, window coming round. So it does start to come into play and we do need to be thinking quite smartly in terms of where it is that we do want to strengthen. We could see the areas where we've struggled with injuries and where really you kind of think, yeah, that that is where we probably do need more um, more bodies in. Game's coming up then, um, so interesting week. So Plymouth in the FA Cup, that comes up on Sunday, hotly followed by Harrogate in the Pizza Trophy um, next Tuesday. Now, um, I mean, look, we kind of owe Plymouth one, that's 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 one thing, um, but I, I, I wonder how Darren Moore will approach this because we are a little bit thin on the ground in terms of um, problems with injuries and stuff. So I wonder whether or not I, I just wonder whether it's one where it's wise to try and play a full strength team or whether you do make a few changes. And there is depth there, isn't there? We have got players that we can that we can bring in. I, I would be expecting a, a few changes for these two games. Yes, I agree. Uh, I, I do think that there will be changes without a shadow of a doubt. And that it shuffled the pack and Wednesday playing Two matches in three days. Uh, he'd be mindful of Wednesday not picking up any more injuries, James. And yeah, you know, after these two matches, you've then got um, a busy end to the month where Wednesday, they seriously need to get points on the board in League One to keep cutting that gap between themselves and the top two if they're going to have any chance of automatic promotion this season when you look at the fixtures you know, with Gillingham at home, Accrington away, MK Dons at home, Wickham at home so you've got an MK Dons and Wickham two sides that um, will be fancying their chances of finishing in the top six as well so you, you know Wednesday certainly that's where you know for them that's where they've, they've got uh, to be focusing on Making sure that the the you know they keep the unbeaten run going. I think that's what Darren Moore will want to do too. The fact is that in in all competitions right now, there's seven unbeaten. So there's something to be said there for momentum, and and, and so Darren Moore will not want Wednesday to go out on Sunday. You know, I still think he put a, a, a stronger team out as he possibly can to try and get a result and get it through into the next round. You know, the last thing that Plymouth and Wednesday need though, is a replay. And so I'm, I'm sure that actually I, th- I think you'll get a pretty open um, and an attacking game, I think it's going to be really on Sunday. I, I can see that, you know, both teams really going for it. And Plymouth, yeah, you're right that Wednesday owe them one for what happened down there early on in the season. They've only lost once all season. So Plymouth, uh, uh, you know, I think in some people's eyes, they're the surprise package. But actually under Ryan Lowe, they've been building towards this for some time. Um, and and yeah, I, I think that they've got a lot of good players in their side. So, yeah. Um, and it's in front of um, the ITV cameras too. So, yeah, you know, Wednesday, will, you'd like to think we'll want to put in a strong showing, and give a good account of themselves. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the the back, the return to league action against um, Gillingham at Hillsborough week on Saturday, Saturday the the thirteenth. Um, that I mean, I kind of feel like after the Sunderland game, I want a league game this weekend because continuing, you know, that that momentum from the from the Sunderland win is so important. But we we have got to keep that going, haven't we? Because Gillingham at, at home, um, like so many games that we'll say this about this season. If this is going to be a season that ends the way that Wednesday wants it to end, it's a game that Wednesday have to win. It is, and they have drawn a lot of matches this season too, but you can guarantee that Steve Evans will have them fired up. Um, that's for sure. And they, when you look at resources, they'd be in sort of budget wise they'd probably be in the bottom sort of seven or eight. And so the last few years they've been mid table and even flirted with the top six of Gillian, but uh, you know, they're finding it tough this year, but you're right. Comes down to, doesn't it? Attitude. And if Wednesday perform like they did at Sunderland, you know, against Sunderland, and if they start doing that on a consistent basis, then you know, they will beat Gillingham and then they will beat Accrington away. You know, right, that's what the level of performance, the bar has now been set for Sheffield Wednesday. And it's a case of can they replicate that regularly? And if they do, then they're going to be, you know, for me, they're one of the best sides in this division. It, it sort of feels like this is a the season starts here moment, isn't it? That that it hasn't it hasn't got going. But beating Sunderland three Sunderland obviously are not in great form, but they're not a bad. It's not it's not a bad squad of players there at all. That that has to be the line in the sand now of saying right. There's the benchmark. We know we know these players are good enough to go out and win games. It, it that momentum has to continue, and now we have to turn this into a run of draws are no good. A run of wins that really puts Wednesday into the mixing pot come we we know that christmas period is when the league table just starts to settle down doesn't it and we start to see just how things are going to be um are going to be looking wednesday needs to be right up there in the mix by then they absolutely do i agree and uh, we've been waiting for it to click and come together and i think sunderland for me when you're looking over the 90 minute performance that's as close as wednesday've got so far this season um you don't want to put a down on it but let's face it i think they they did play sunderland at a good time when they've lost back to back matches they've shipped in five at rotherham and defensively they weren't great but you know, Wednesday attacking wise, you know, that's what we've wanted to see from them. And they could have scored more goals. And and actually they took their foot off the gas a little bit when the, the third went in. The third was was crucial. And that's what I think Wednesday been missing sometimes, isn't it? When they've you know, at AFC Wimbledon, they didn't put it to bed when they went two 0 up. And so it they were more ruthless at both ends of the pitch and so that bodes well for the future but I actually think for me the biggest positive was the defence and keeping the clean sheet I think that will give them or should give them a lot of confidence I think for the challenges that lie ahead well said. Right, that's going to wrap us up for uh, for this episode of the podcast. Thank you to our partners at Title Law Solicitors, specialists in wills, trusts and probate. As a podcast listener, you get buy one, get one free on lasting powers of attorney. Just mention singing the blues when you book. Um, Ollie is available for evening, weekend and home appointments right across South Yorkshire. If you want to book, head to titlelaw.co.uk. On Twitter, Dom is at Dom House and I'm at James Marriott and the show is at Dom and James. You can also find 
find us on Facebook and YouTube. We will be doing some more live shows very soon as well. Just search for Singing the Blues. You can find all those links on our website or in the show notes for this episode as well. Thank you for listening. Up the owls, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>